Thanks for downloading this episode of Bees Pod. My name is Mem. In this episode, Ian and I spoke to Dan Martin, who's the head of the High Foundation, about all the good work his team has been doing in the community. It was recorded before today's announcement about the postponement of the Legends Day, and it was going to be part of a larger episode, but Ian and I have been snowed under with work and life in general, so sadly no high five from Saturday. This pod is well under 85% of what was expected. Sorry. Please subscribe to Bees Pod and leave a review on your podcast platform. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Bees Pod. Uh, my name is Ian and I'm delighted as ever to be joined by Mem. Uh, but I'm even more delighted uh, to be joined by a very, very special guest today uh, who's kindly volunteered to be interviewed on this podcast. Uh, and that is uh, Dan Martin, who uh, is the head of the High Foundation. Dan, we're really excited to have you on. We're really excited to get into the various topics that I know fans have been asking a lot about in terms of the work that you do. Um, but before we get into all of that, um, I'd like to sort of start this by asking everyone who comes on the show uh, a very simple question, but one that often has a really wide range of answers. Uh, and that is what has brought you uh, to Barnet, Dan? Um, so I was introduced to the chairman through a mutual contact. I was doing a bit of consulting work at the time, having run my own businesses for quite a number of years. And he asked me if I would come in and help with all the various marketing um, that he had for all his various businesses. And I was sort of, yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's give it a go. Let's see what happens. And um, that was sort of September 2019. And obviously we did... A certain amount of work and then the pandemic hit and there was nothing to market you know everything pretty much stopped so I had a conversation with the chairman and I said look let's let's do some community stuff there's got to be projects that we can do and and he just rolled out a load of different ideas that he wanted to do and you know fair play to him I mean we we did loads um, which was unbelievable and um, I think as a byproduct of that I was sort of asked to take over the running of the High Foundation um, when we came back to uh, a normal-ish type of existence and um, obviously see what we can do about creating a better link between obviously the fans and the club and the community and the club and, you know, just slowly start to make everything better. Um, and I think that I work quite closely with someone you'll remember, Adam Rowe, when uh, he was the media and communications officer at Barnet. Um, we did a load of stuff together. We did all the streaming together. We made the shows and I was sort of behind the scenes of everything that Adam did and we worked very closely. And Adam built up a really good sort of relationship with with the fan base. And I think Adam leaving was quite interesting because we started all over again with Howard who's now come in he's doing a really good job but I've now shifted over to the community and I've been doing a lot of work and trying to make our community a sort of realize who we are where we are and and b make our club accessible to our community um, and doing it on scale which is what I've been working on so far this season was a very long answer, I think, to the shortest question. So, I hope that's okay. <laughs> that's good. Um, what I mean, what is it that um, 
you know, your what you're aiming to do within the community. I, mean, I know you said about sort of letting people know, but I mean, what are the sort of the main sort of targets and um, of your sort of attention at the moment? So we're a very small team. Um, that's within the club itself and within the foundation. Um, you know, we do a lot. We work very, very hard. Um, and we're doing multiple things. And I think we, we are a team of people who genuinely really, really do care. Um, in terms of what I'm doing, I, I mean, I, I spoke to the chairman about my strategy, which was very much geared around schools. Um, we've got so many schools in our borough, in the local area. Um, we created a, a, a schools programme, a community schools programme, and working in partnership with a very lovely man who won't mind me name-checking on here is David O'Farrell, who's the headmaster at St Bernadette's Primary School. Um, he's also the PE lead for the borough. So every um, PE teacher at every school in the borough is, is sort of comes under David's remit. Um, and David and myself have worked very, very hard to onboard a number of schools. The number is currently 12 schools and um, work with work in partnership with the schools to from our side to to put players into the schools on schools visits i'm writing up an article at the moment that will be out in the next few days um, and then make it accessible for their kids to come in to the stadium on a match day and, and watch the game um, games plural so the chairman very kindly allowed me to get an allocation for each school of quite a number of tickets and it's not just about going out and handing out loads of free tickets. I mean, each school is working hard with me um, to get parents and explain to them who we are. And, you know, we've had, we've seen a load of kids. I mean, actually, in terms of um, our actual crowd numbers, this school's programme alone has seen, on average, for the last five games, a 20% uplift in our home attendance, um, which is a really, really good start. And my aim is to grow that. Um, and then also being able to, you know, this is for a specific year group within each one of these schools. If you think about, we come to the end of the season, um, we start again with another school year that's gone up into that year. Um, but what about the ones that have just spent the last season in our stadium and enjoying it? Well, it's not just, okay, well, now if you want to come back, here you go, full price, off you go. It's actually a stepped approach where we will be, you know, sort of, letting them in gently and uh, you know hopefully um we'll just build these layers of new barnet fans and maybe slightly reduce the age demographic um and which i think is important and i don't know whether you guys have noticed there have been sort of quite a lot of kids in blocks a and b of the legend stand and um yeah they're having a great time um they're loving it they're loving our players going into into their schools um you know it's amazing it's really really brilliant we've had such good feedback um so it's a little bit of um it's a nice combination of remit and responsibility you know as a foundation uh, we are responsible to engage our community and to add value to the community um, and a remit to get people into the stadium but it's it's almost the best of both coming together so so far on the schools itself it's working really really well just on the on the broader remit, and because I think one of the things that's that's challenging is when we think about that word community, particularly with football clubs, we're talking about 
you know, clubs with a, a deep history in a, in a certain area. And we've seen a lot of clubs in general, not just Barnet, but sort of move to a new stadium or new to, to a slightly different location and found it really hard to rebuild perhaps that community you would have around like a inner city stadium from maybe 50, 60 years ago. But I guess on the flip side, it gives us a bit of a blank canvas. And I think one of the challenging things I'd imagine for a lower league club is that, you know, in London, you're competing with a lot of other football clubs, but also a lot of other things that can, are trying to monopolise, you know, family time, family engagement. Aside from the schools programme, how do you sort of try and, or how do you think about positioning Barnet as, you know, an attractive proposition to the local community? Because, you know, I think it's probably fair to say that obviously people in Harrow Borough or in, in the borough of Harrow weren't necessarily expecting, or it wasn't hard on their list of demands to have a football club, but now they've got one, they've got this amazing facility. H- how have you sort of found the messaging and, and how are you trying to engage communities beyond schools, etc., to actually get them really excited about having a football club on their doorstep? So I think you can't be everything to everybody. Um, and also we don't need to be. We, we need to be really, really good um, to a very relevant localised audience. Um, another sort of big idea of the chairman's, which is something we've already put in place, and this is more, it sort of sits in between the club and the foundation. Um, as you know, at the Hive, we've got loads of AstroTurf pitches and the chairman's just built a new football centre. Um, we've now made it so that if you want to come and play, you have to join our Bees Affiliates programme, um, which currently sits at about 14 grassroots clubs. Um, each club becomes a member of the Hive and we're replicating the, the ticket offer that we're putting into schools into these affiliates. So, you know, the same usual stuff as you come on site and you're going to get a little bit of money off your coffee in Starbucks and, you know, money off your chocolate bar or a barnet scarf, but also um, they're getting an allocation as well. So part of the increase in our crowd numbers so far has also been some of these grassroots clubs um, who are going, yeah, we our, our kids love football. Um, we'd love to take you up on it. And they are. And, and, and again, that's sort of building in conjunction with um, the schools. So I think it's really important, and I, I, I'm not harping on about it, but kids are very, very important to the club. They're at a very good age where they can support uh, a Tottenham, an Arsenal, a Chelsea, uh, whoever, um, but also watch football with us. Harrow as a borough, you know, isn't the most affluent. Um, there are pockets of very uh, different levels of um, positioning when it comes to, you know, how families would choose to spend their income. Um, so a lot of these kids will never watch a game of football live in a stadium. Um, you know, I personally wouldn't go and watch a Premier League game of football um, and spend that sort of money on it. And A, because since I've been with the club, I'm now a massive Barnet fan. I don't mind saying that. Lifelong Tottenham supporter, massive Barnet fan. Um, but B, because it's just, you know, it's a lot of money. Um, and we look at where we are in terms of our pricing. I know ticketing pricing always comes up in conversation, but um, we're making it very cost neutral and breaking down that barrier to entry to getting kids into this environment so that they can start enjoying it. Um, and I think we've started to do that really, really well. It's really important. Um, and yeah, again, when you ask about 
a sort of community strategy. That's, I suppose, the two big things that I'm doing um, on the, the, the schools programme and the affiliates programme. Outside of that, we are sort of, you know, looking at all the usual projects that we do with football coaching and the Premier League programmes. We've also got new uh, projects that we've put in applications for, again, utilising our strengths, um, working with people with dementia and a walking football project um, where we see the benefits of walking football and how it helps people living with dementia and also giving their carers some respite, uh, which is really important following the pandemic. Um, and also our schools programme, we've also developed an education and exercise programme, um, which we're trying to get up and running. Um, again, working with David O'Farrell at St Bernadette's and, you know, putting together an actual comprehensive learning project for kids over a six week project that puts us and our everything about the club into an actual, you know, project that deals with comprehension, citizenship, um, you know, it's over six weeks. The sixth week of the project actually sees the kids come into us and they meet Mr. Bumble. Um, and the whole project's based around Mr. Bumble uh, and Mrs. Bumble, of course. She's not seen very often, but um, yeah, there you go. So we're doing lots of things. Um, again, we don't want to overstretch because then things get diluted and we don't look like we're doing things well and you lose track of certain things. I mean, the schools project alone pre a home fixture could see me send and receive in and around 200 emails between myself personally and you know 12 schools and that's just one strand so it's very admin heavy but i think it needs to happen and it needs to keep happening um you know we i always say from a marketing perspective and people try something and it doesn't work and they don't try it again and it's one of those where you just have to keep doing it and learn from it as you go and tweak it and get it to a point where actually you go, do you know what, this is actually really nice now, it is actually working. We can see it's already working, which, you know, is giving us a lot of pleasure. We've got, you know, big ambition to do a lot more than that. My ambition is to fill the stadium within sort of three years um, and it's going to be tough, but I'm absolutely willing and able to do it. And that's what we're, what we're pushing for. I love that. Um, I think one of the things I loved about um, when we spoke about um, at the Supporters Association meeting was um, the fact that we, uh, the club now, is sponsoring uh, some of the local football teams. And one in particular, I think, is Belmont. have changed the name to Belmont Bees. Um, tell us about that. So um, Belmont were the first um, grassroots club to become an affiliate, to join the programme. And... Um, you know, simply put, we said, look, call yourself Belmont Bees, we'll give you kit, we put a little B on it, and then, you know, you're now an affiliate. Um, and actually for them, it was very interesting because they came in at the very beginning of the idea. So they've sort of beta tested it live for us as they've gone along. Nothing onerous. I mean, they've just sort of, it's not like if I turned on a grassroots club today, they would be, everything would be thrown at them in one hit. So, um, but yeah, Belmont Bees, they, they've been to the last few games, um, I think they use their full allocation of tickets and they've really been enjoying it. So it's great. It, it just means that I think there's a, and certainly there's always a, a perception that lots of different people use the site and they use it and they don't really give anything back. So we're just, it's sort of like a, <clears throat> a model whereby it's just in and out sausage factory type thing. 
Um, and we're not unaware of that, but what we say is that the ones that want to come a lot, let's make them feel, A, more part of everything, and B, off the back of it, you know, you need to give something something back. There, there is a benefit to using our facilities. So if we sort of just narrowed it to a select few um, who use it more often, um, then we start building a relationship. And that's really, really important. And that's something that we can grow. Um, and I'll just add one more thing. We're not, I don't know if you've noticed, but we've had flag bearers um, for a couple of our fixtures. Um, and if you've looked in the digital program, the schools that come along, they've all got their logos and their name checked in there. Um, these are all things that we're doing. And the, uh, Craig Saul, our PA announcer, you know, always name checks them on uh, when he does his little uh, script um, pre-match. So it's really important that when the kids come, it's not just they sit down, watch football and go. It's no, they can see they're part of it. Um, and as a kid, you, you remember this sort of stuff. I remember an, a, a big driving force behind it. When I was at school 300 centuries ago, Daley Thompson came into our school one day and it was like the most amazing thing that ever happened in our school. And we, I wasn't sure who he was, but I was very aware that he was quite an important athlete. Um, I think I'd seen him in a, a TV ad for something, I don't know. And um, it, it was one of those things that just stayed with me forever and I never forgot it. And actually that was just someone turning up at my school, whereas actually what we're doing here is completely different. It's much more than that. It's layers of effort and uh, engagement and um, inclusion. So hoping that we're just barneting all these children <laughs> bit by bit and making them feel part of it. And hopefully, you know, there will be some that will want to come back. It's really interesting when you talk about sort of the, the barneting of of kids and also thinking about like how we can kind of basically not so much diversify but like reduce the average age of supporters at the football club um, and also the kind of ticketing pricing etc we've, we've talked about that previously about really trying to make that attractive one of the things that um, we as a club have, have I think done really well when things have been going well as a club is building a really clear bond between everyone at the club getting everyone on the same page the same direction um, and I know we've got a couple of things coming up that we're going to talk about in terms of plans for specific days and so on and so forth but if you were to sort of like I guess having worked at the club now for a while and obviously moving into this new role if you kind of had like a little I don't know like a kind of Christmas wish or whatever what what sort of few things what are the sort of quick wins that you feel that we could put in place as a club that would really really help um, perhaps win back or win over some supporters and one of the things that I find really interesting is that we talk quite a lot about building a new fan base um, but I guess like any all, all clubs we've kind of got some probably some lapsed supporters or supporters who like you know have kind of just drifted away a little bit sometimes it's family sometimes it's this sometimes it's that aside from obviously winning games on the pitch what sort of things can we see you know the, the club do to really try and drive a really kind of I don't know a bit of that passion that bond and get that really strong and, and back at the heart of the club again it's really interesting because the other day I watched on YouTube the uh, the Brentford game and I've watched it before but it just felt like I wanted to see the stadium full and and really get a sense of it and and interestingly whenever I've watched it before it's because I've been watching you know the game the goals etc but I've never really just watched the crowd and I'm like wow that that must have been I wasn't there um it was before I joined um, but I would have loved to have been there. And, and I think, you know, yes, all right, it is a sense of occasion. Um, and I suppose results on the pitch always have an effect on that. Um, I think it's a combination of lots of things. I think that, you know, our effort, I don't think anything's an instant. 
um, we, we've got a lot of work to do. Um, and I don't think we should ever stop that work. I think communication between club and fan base has improved. Um, I think we're trying very, very hard to do as much as we can because we almost sort of felt like maybe sometimes when we did stuff as a club, it wasn't necessarily appreciated, but maybe it was because we weren't doing enough um, that we never felt that we were building up that momentum. And, you know, we started to look at how we can, uh, not just doing an offer for the sake of an offer. I mean, I know we're going to talk about Legends Day. Um, the, the offer that we've done is, is sort of like in honour of the day. Um, we didn't come up with an offer and then stick a day on it. We actually came up with a day and then stuck an offer on it. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, if I could do lots of different things in terms of building it up, I just think that it's not something that I could wish for for Christmas. I think it's just a maybe a Christmas commitment, an ongoing commitment to, as a club, be the best that we can be um, for our fans. You know, so many people have said football is nothing without the fans. And funnily enough, last season, obviously we have to stadium announce, but we could only have um, essential match day staff, so no volunteers. So no one knows, but I actually did all the stadium announcing last season to an empty stadium, um, which was soul-destroying. You know, to say good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, to literally nobody is, uh, you know, is crazy. So, yeah, I mean, listen, missing the fans was massive. And I think the club misses having lots of fans in the stadium. But there are, you know, Barnett's got a, a place in everybody's heart and you can see it. I see it all over social media. Um, I suppose I've got a little bit of a wish list uh, when it comes to the area of Barnet and how I want to sort of, I know it sounds bizarre, we're, if if you go two minutes down the road that we're on and cross the traffic lights, you're in Barnet. So, you know, Barnet is not just sort of up near, you know, Fryan Barnet and, um, you know, Arkley. And that. It, it literally is Burnt Oak is in Barnet. Edgware is in Barnet, you know, and these are in and around us. So I'm going to start, I've already been speaking with um, various people at Barnet Council about how we can start moving our schools program or expanding our schools program into Barnet um, and see if we can start getting a little bit of that appreciation back in place for you know our name right of Barnet and that will start happening hopefully at the beginning of next year um, and again and I've said been very clear I, I don't want to dilute anything that we're doing and I want to take it step by step but I think that a combination of lots of little things with the very best um, will behind everything and we will slowly build um, and it sounds a little bit cheesy and corny but I don't think there's a there's no right way of doing it but doing nothing is certainly the wrong way and we're just going to do the very very best we can in as many areas as we can that are sort, sort of not outside of what we're very good at doing um, but just just working hard and caring uh, I care um, you know, I've, I was surprised at how much I became a Barnet fan by virtue of being, you know, involved in, in the club's activities. But I would, you know, if I left the club tomorrow as a, as a member of staff, I would be coming to home games and away games if they weren't, you know, up in silly northern parts of the country. Tell us a bit about the, um, about the background behind the creation of the Legends Day. This is a, it's, it seems to have 
we've had a good response from fans, and they they call like, they like the sentiment to put behind it. And tell us a bit about uh, why Roger Fig. Um, so somebody contacted us over our Telus email um, from a care home, saying we've got one of our residents, a gentleman by the name of Roger Fig, and he used to play for Barnet. Not sure if you know who he is. Um, whenever we talk to Roger about his career and when he played football and he always talks very fondly about Barnet. Um, it always brings a smile to his face. Do you think there's something that you could send us that we could show him like a bit of merchandise? And I was like, you know, wow, I, this is a name that I've personally seen and heard a lot of because, you know, obviously we were looking at doing certain things in the Legends Bar and I was in there measuring up and I'm reading all the bios of all the Barnet legends and obviously Roger's up there and I'm, you know, I was like, do you know, I've never even stopped and thought out of all these people who are literally in black and white on these walls, I don't know if any of them are still going, uh, you know, what's going on? I, I need to find out more. So um, I was like, this is, this is unbelievable. I was straight on email back to her going, look, would you come to a game? Um, it would be such a, an amazing thing to have Roger at a game. Is he able to? Um, and so it started growing arms and legs and um, this day that Roger can come, you know, we asked him to choose which fixture he wanted to come to and he chose the Torquay fixture, um, which was interesting. And um, he was coming with his carer and his friend, Willis, who's 101. Um, unfortunately, Willis is, from what I understand, not gonna be able to make it on the day now. Um, I have a list of 15 people with the surname Fig, all of Roger's family are coming. Um, so we're gonna make a massive fuss of him. And I was going through it with the chairman and he said, you know, this is, this is almost a legend's day. And it was like, he just went, ding, let's have a legend's day. And this is the first legend's day and we're gonna do it. Um, and I said, you know, what else can we do? And that, I suppose that's where the offer came about is let's, let's mark it for the fans as much as for Roger himself. And, you know, just trying to make this occasion. Um, so yeah, that, that's where that came from. And I think that um, I'm excited to do more and hopefully um, Roger will have a really good time. I mean, of late, the club have been offering some, you know, a lot of good deals coming on. And I think that's been, the response has been very positive to that. So, I mean, this combined with the Roger Fig. So would that, would it be the same weekend every season or is it going to be uh, a Legends Day, sort of just one day, one day of the year, one day of the season and we'll, we'll invite um, the legend down? I don't think there's any rule in place. So maybe we'll see who fancies coming along next year and then uh, we'll work out a date once the fixtures are released and we know uh, who we're playing and then maybe get them to choose a fixture they'd like to come to. I just think it's really nice, you know, everyone's stuck in the present and because of course you are because we're all really busy and we've got things to crack on with and we're planning for the future and then actually it's a nice nod to the past um i think it's fantastic that roger's coming with his whole family um and yeah hugely excited for it um i hope he has a good time i hope we win i think we can um that'd be a a great one. Just a question for me. I, mean, I think that the, the connection with the history of the club is fantastic. And I think some of the work um, that you're doing around that will, will be 
brilliant. I really think the legislature is such a lovely thing because it's something that perhaps as a club we haven't really emphasised our history. And we've got a really rich history as a club over 100 and whatever it is years, 120, 130 years. Um, it's absolutely fantastic to, to sort of see us move in that direction. I guess one of the things I, I, I want to ask really is, and I know it's difficult because you, you know, as you said, you've worked in business before previously and, and you know, you're, you're not like someone who's worked in football your entire life for 50, 60 years. But I was just wondering if you look ahead over the next sort of 20 sort of 10 or 10 or so years for lower league football clubs, one of the things that Mem and I have sometimes discussed is the sort of viability of, of lower league clubs in quite a competitive and quite a crowded market for for fans and also um, just in terms of like maintaining our identity as a club where like a lot of the league becomes very professionalised and so essentially it's like there's you know you can sort of slide a piece of paper sometimes between football clubs in terms of how they set up and how they play football and how they go about recruiting and stuff in terms of like our identity as Barnet and, and you said earlier we can't be everything to everyone in your short time at the club what, what do you think like the kind of character and the I don't know like the, the kind of unique attraction of Barnet is in your view or if there is one because uh, it does seem like you know, and we're, we're fans, and I think every fan would say this about their club, but it does really feel like there's something quite unique about the club that is really appealing and attractive to lots of people um, when they kind of stumble across it. It's, do you know what? It's really weird. Um, I'm almost like a new age Barnet fan. So because I was, I didn't have Underhill in my life, um, everything for me is Hive. And I almost feel spoiled in terms of from a facilities perspective. People do come to the hive and go, you know, wow, this is this is unbelievable. All of that to one side. Um, something I did during um, the pandemic, which was, I, I should probably do a little video of it and I'll speak to the chairman about it. But we had uh, thousands of pictures from over the years and we basically got loads of old team photos dating back so far, um, got them all framed and made some little montages and we have bedecked the boardroom with this archive. I mean, it's quite incredible um, and it's a shame and it, probably, you know, it would be nice for everyone to see it. Um, but everyone must buy hospitality and then they'll get to see it. <laughs> um, I'd like to do something to sort of show that, but yeah, there is so much history. It's, it's quite eerie, really. Um, so much has happened and I'm just a, a tiny little snippet in time of, of Barnet. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what it is. It sucks you in. It's crazy. Um, you know, even when we were losing games, it's like, come on, you know, we know we can do it. And listen, I suppose we're moving more across into the football side rather than the, the foundation side. I, I'm speaking as a fan now. Yeah, I am sucked in um, and I love it. And I think that if people who are fans, who sort of stop loving it, just start loving it a little bit more. They'll love it even more the more they come and et cetera, et cetera. And it builds up. And look, we're, we're really doing good things. I think everything that's put in place at the moment, got a lot of people who really, really care and are, are pushing very, very hard to do good stuff. And I'm one of them. Uh, I'm not on my own. We've got a great team around us. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I suppose that's a massive politician's answer to your question because I can't quite put my finger on it but I'm happy to say I can't put my finger on it it's just the magic of the club I suppose that's a good answer it's a very good answer well Dan it was absolutely lovely to have you on and um, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us and also thank you for all the work you've done particularly around the Legends Day which I think is the culmination of a lot of work and I think 
you know, we all know as a club the areas that we need to work on as as a group. Like supporters have their, their role to play, um, the staff obviously have their role to play, the players, the management, etc. But it's really reassuring to uh, kind of have someone like you in the role. And I think particularly the work you're doing with the kids and it is noticeable that we do have like, a slightly younger demographic um you know sometimes it felt like I was the youngest one there <laughs> um but actually it's it's really nice to see it change and um you know these things do take time but it's great that the foundations are being laid in the literal sense uh, to really drive progress so thank you very much for coming on and um, before you go uh, in the final minute or so do you have sort of any messages for any of the fans out there that you'd like to get out aside from the legends day um just a kind of final message to everyone that uh, is listening in as to what you want them to what you'd like to see from them over the next few months just you know it's it's a really difficult one a message to the fans um we're working very very hard and we know we're doing good and if you were thinking of if you haven't sort of immersed yourself in the club for quite a while try and start doing it again because you know we're hoping that it's it's a collective effort and that's you know players staff fans it's, a, it's the magic trilogy of a football club Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dan. It was lovely to have you on and we look forward to seeing you at the high very, very soon. Cheers, Dan. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Please like and leave a review on your podcast platform and follow us on Twitter at BeesPod and at BeesPod on Facebook and talk to us, engage with us. We'd love to hear what you think. Thanks very much.